Thank you for choosing to listen to the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast. In a really amazing selection of other podcasts indicative of the recruitment market and the business market, for whatever reason you're listening now, we just want to say thank you for choosing us. We couldn't do this without our sponsor and our partners. We're going to talk about them a little bit later on in the show, but thank you to Pager, our sponsors, and our partners, Inclusion Crowd and Needy. And without further ado, let's jump in to get to know this week's guest. Oh my goodness, this next guest, you are absolutely going to love this topic. If you are either a recruitment consultant or a recruitment leader and the topic of whether we should be remote, hybrid or in the office ain't going away. This topic has been dialogued for years and I don't see it changing. This next guest is a real evangelist when it comes to the remote model. Alex Dick is the MD and sometimes CEO of Alexander Lyons and we talk about a multitude of things in terms of how he's created a remote business, what the pitfalls have been, what his caveats are for leaders and for recruiters who are thinking about going down the remote model, um, what he thinks are the right behaviours for those who are thinking of hiring in people remotely um, and top tips for employers to ensure it's a massive success. you in for a treat. Alex is very dynamic huge amount of energy and to be honest with you we could have talked all day uh, it's a real laugh as well so make sure you strap in and enjoy the next episode so without further ado let's jump in we are so proud at the recruiters recruitment podcast to be sponsored by pager pager helps recruiters to build personal brands to identify new business opportunities to attract those hard to find candidates and to basically have better conversations now, you will have a large network that you want to build credibility with on LinkedIn. And sometimes posting content every day feels impossible. Now, that changes once you have Pager. Pager provides you with the ideas, the content and the scheduling capability for, to produce daily content to build out your own personal brand in minutes. And for business development, too. Pager identifies companies that are advertising jobs, have key hiring indicators such as funding rounds, mergers, acquisitions, or senior appointments, and then alerts you to this daily. Pager also enables you to write candidate-centric job adverts without bias in seconds. So once you advertise your job, Pager will then automatically create a branded post and publish it to LinkedIn without you even having to lift a finger. So when you want to actively source candidates, you can create complex Boolean strings in seconds. All you need to do is to provide the job title and location. Now, Pager is making thousands and thousands of recruiters smarter and faster. For more information, click on the link pager.co to book your demo and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when inquiring. Now, back to the episode. This is Leisha Holmes and I'm your host on the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast and you need to strap in for this one because we have got a really high energy guest on who is probably going to be no surprise to a lot of you if you follow other podcasts because I know that you've probably seen him on some other people's and 
He's very prominent on LinkedIn as well. I had the pleasure to get to know this guest in my day capacity, actually. We had a fantastic call in my job as a Rector Act. And we're going to talk about something, a topic that ain't going anywhere. And that you're going to strap in tight for this one. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome you today, Alex Dick, who is the MD and apparently sometimes CEO of Alexander Lyons. Welcome to you today, Alex. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Yeah, I keep getting promoted by publications, so I just thought I'd stick with it. Uh, sometimes CEO, and actually, this might be hot off the press. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but a future podcaster as well. Yes, no, you are allowed oh. to say it, but I can't oh. tell you the name because it'll probably get your podcast cancelled because it might be a play on my surname, possibly. So, um... oh. oh no, that's fine. No, nothing will get us cancelled. And as far as I'm concerned, we're all adults here, so they, you know, there's, no, there's no censorship at all. But for those who, for some reason, may not know, because obviously we're a global audience, yeah, who, yeah. You, who you are and what your business does, give us some context. So I'm Alexander Dick, uh, who I run a company called Alexander Line Solutions, which we're, we're increasingly becoming a slightly disruptive force in the recruitment world. So we are hopefully encouraging your best billers to join us is the aim of the game. So, um, so yeah, but we're remote working, remote first, flexible working, so of all of the modern things that people either love or moan about, uh, we embrace. So yeah, pretty. Are there any, are there particular markets and sectors that you operate within, Alex? Uh, there's a few we don't, um, but we're we're fairly sector agnostic. So a, a lot of our recruiters come to us because they already have established verticals and they want to either work more flexibly or earn more because our commission structure is quite high. So um, so yeah. It's, there are certain areas I won't do, so I'm not a big fan of high volume, low margin, because it's just too stressful. Um, but anything that's reasonable margin is is fine. So, yeah. But in the ones I don't do, I've got friends who do, so I just push people in those push directions. In those. So. It's, you've made that business model sound really simple, but I imagine it isn't. And I really want to... You know, the reason I, I introduced the topic as one that isn't going away is because as we record this at the back end of 2023, maybe you're listening to this well into 2024, who knows? The topic of whether or not businesses and leaders listening should be, you know, maintaining remote or even hybrid, I'm seeing the trend and have seen all year of it being revoked and people are being yeah. asked, dare I say, demanded back into the office. So what's your... Why? What's your why as to why you are a remote first business? Because you said that in your intro. Yeah, so I, I specialised in my sort of ALS was a one man band for a long time, and and what I was specialising in is moving lawyers into r remote working environments where they're but that's not necessarily from home. Some of them would have their own office or, or whatever, but but they wouldn't be based out of a central hub. And I placed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lawyers doing that over quite a long period of time. And saw the positive impact that that had on so many of those lawyers. In fact, I could probably count on one hand the number of lawyers felt it was a negative. And, and so I sort of spent a lot of time doing that. Life moment that I've covered way too many times happened. Um, and I decided that it's time for me to do that in, in the world of recruitment. So moved what I'd basically been placing into into the world of recruitment and and formed alexander lion solutions 2.0 um which is called alexander lion solutions because calling it anything with a dick in is a very bad idea so spam filters have an absolute field day um <laughs> so so yeah we um so yeah formed it and started sort of hiring people hired a load of the wrong people which i'm very happy to cover as well yeah definitely um, before before sort of perfecting what 
it looks like to get it right and and yeah the success rate has has become infinitely better now and and things are are you, do, you, do you know direction. your do you know your attrition rates pre because we're going to talk about then the wrong highs because I think that's a really interesting oh yeah if if I look back at twenty twenty sorry twenty twenty one um there's only one person left from an original cohort of sixteen wow um no sorry we didn't get to sixteen thirteen thirteen there's what there's one person left um out of that and and yeah we well you you've heard some of my stories before there there were some very interesting slightly fraudsters style people in that in that thing we've had a lot of people that took the mick because they thought they could get away with it and 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 i and went you, into and it do you think that's because you are remote do you think that they thought they could take the piss and just i, I think some of them probably them. yes mm. yeah i think i think some yeah but um we i was also naive i came into recruitment thinking that every recruiter bills a million quid and and like recruitment's easy and all of that sort of stuff so i came in as a bit of a wally to be honest so <laughs> Part part of that fa- well, well, large Alex. portion of that failure is my own fault, to be honest. But, that, so. love, but that, what an amazing pragmatic view to have. So I think it's really important that you know anyone listening that I mean we have a lot of leaders that listen that they probably have created their own you know reason for bringing people back into the office. But why do you think you know having an entirely remote business works? Well, for the right people, it gives them an environment that allows them to have a, a greater element of freedom and flexibility often that mm. that allows them to actually, when they're concentrating on work, concentrate to such a greater extent. And and often there's a gratefulness of giving that freedom and flexibility that mm. that actually causes people to want to do better and and sort of invest more in developing their desk or developing their job or their skills for their job to do as well as they can because they don't want to lose that flexibility so i i don't see many negatives if you start from the premise that you can trust people if you start from the premise of you can't then you're yeah. going to struggle with remote people it's it's so it's i mean the thing is it, it does come down to that word trust i think and i think mm. it can be very counterintuitive to enforce um you know or embargo the flexibility that is perceived by working remotely but i think that there's a real you know i guess um dissection in what we call that flexibility because that doesn't mean part-time that doesn't mean part-time and actually i think that's where hiring the right people into a remote business is actually the key component here isn't it people that can do it so how have you established? Because you've always you've been really candid, Alex, which I love about you. That you know you have hired the wrong people in the past. So how do you know that you're hiring the right person? And that, let's try and make this as, if we can, as scalable as possible for our listeners, yeah. for our leaders. How do you know whether somebody can work remotely? What behaviours? What do they demonstrate? So a lot of it, in truth, is is being very honest with people about the negatives of it. Um, okay. And and being very honest about laying out your expectations and and uh, things like hours is a great example so if you take us as an example our our hours are flexible I don't necessarily care when they're working but there is still an expectation that they're going to be roughly doing the amount of hours that they would ordinarily do in a normal environment Mm. but if kids need to be dropped off at school or you want to go for a two-hour lunch to see a friend or or you want well in fact the list we could go on for an hour saying all of the different scenarios (laughs) all of those things are fine um but but you've got to try and work with people that get that and understand that the important part is is it like we we're salespeople at the end of the day the important part is deliverables and if you know how to deliver those deliverables 
we both know that a large portion of time getting hold of candidates is not happening in office hours because mm. they're working in office hours and they're probably on the phone themselves if they're recruiters. So when are you spending your time getting hold of them? Well, outside of office, standard office, office hours, beyond six, mm. between six and 10 or whatever, or mm. first thing in the morning. Well, if my recruiters are working from six till 10, as an example, then why should I care if they've taken the four hours off during the, the day, day. To, to do all of the bits that they would have done it? Yeah. So I, I, I just give people the flexibility. But it, but it is tr the thing, it, as you said, the thing it always comes back to is trust. Mm. And there are some people that betray that trust. And, and, and when they do, you, you have to take appropriate measures. Mm. Um, but the majority of people won't. Major the majority of people are good people, and they're not going to seek to take the piss. They're going to, they're going to try and do their all to make it work. And and but those are the people that have got a lot to lose, I think. And that's yeah. where I think. And I'm not talking generation generationally, by the way. I'm talking about those that have got responsibility. Generally, they've got bills to pay. Um, but just to, if we pick up on the on the sort of the, the main point being made there in terms of accountability, it's measuring outcomes, which in our world is so easy. It's yeah. placement, but yeah. it's placements that actually happen. And, you know, if that means you've spent 10 hours on the phone or one hour on the phone and you've been to the horse riding, you've been taking your kids to the park, but yeah. you've actually managed to make the money that you're supposed to make. Actually, that's what we're talking about here. It's people not taking the piss. But over what period of time? Do you allow, like, for, let's say from starting in the, in your company, um, how, what's the period of time that you would expect somebody to start making money? I mean, what's well, the... it's, it's to be honest, that's a bit of a how long's a piece of string is is the honest truth because we try and get people to be quite honest with us coming in, um, and so some people will have long notice periods in their area. They'll have very slow processes because yeah. that's just how their area nice. works. Yeah, yeah. And as long as they're telling us that, we're fine with it. Mm. The problem I have is if somebody comes in, tells me they're going to bill 30 grand in their first month and they don't even get a client on board sort of thing. Mm. So it's actually behaviours that I look at rather than yeah. outputs in the first instances. Are they doing the basics? Are they putting in what they need to put in to get the results? Mm. Do they have the relation in our situation? Do they have the relationships that they profess they have when they joined mm. because we, we had a guy recently who who joined who told us he had all of these relationships mm. and then I was talking to him saying look we're, we're three weeks in and, and currently there's not a single client but you told me that your mates with 10 businesses where are they all and the reality is he'd been sending out emails just saying I see you have a job do you use agencies and there were wow. 400 plus emails saying that and and so of course at that point I'm saying look is this really working? Because you told me that you're coming on board with X, Y, and Z, and all of our decisions were based on that. That wasn't the truth. That was a lie. And of course, that it comes down to that trust bit of, mm. if I then can't trust that person, to be honest, I'm going to probably remove myself from that situation just yeah. because it, the less trust I end up having, the more I then will naturally start trying to put in steps to make it so I feel I can trust them, yeah. which then can get a bit micromanagey. And I prefer which, to avoid Which you don't want to do. Yeah. Which no, exactly no, nobody wants to do in a remote business because you just spend all your time just like being oh, yeah, paranoid. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you, do you, you just, you yeah, you just go nuts. And and it's just, it's just not, it's not for me. There, there no. are people that look, if you want to be micromanagingly managey remotely, you of course you can. As you say, there's spyware, there's systems that will monitor absolutely everything. But again, not the world I but want. But that's not. But that and that's not the. That's not what trust element is. Is is it really? So, well, it's I mean, tricky I, to scale. It's, yes, it's tricky to scale it because 
you you end up with a whole host of middle management monitoring people's behaviors which all of that is hitting your margin whereas actually if you've got the right people you don't need all of those people no. to monitor them in the same way you can just trust that they're getting on with it's it a fairly, because they're excited linear. about what making the money. light at the end of the tunnel is i agree with you totally but you know just in terms of summarizing that point do your due diligence do during your interview yeah. process you know what what is the actual business plan what are the relationships you know how does that then relate into restrictive covenant time periods what are you going to do you know sh- showing that proof i mean it's very hard to prove anything i suppose until you've started but yeah. i think do your due diligence so at least you're, you're mitigating that risk yeah. Um, and I think and a lot of our people, as an example, a lot of our people have moved their relationships to the clients, to the firm that they're leaving. So it's very difficult for that firm to then go, no, those are our relationships, because, yeah. of course, they moved them in the first instance. So they can't clamp no. them on the way no, back out. And, and that's that's typically been our sweet spot, in all honesty, mm. because it just removes that drama. Um, one thing that often gets sort of thrown out there when you talk to people about, you know, when they're trying to sell against a remote a remote model is culture. How would yeah. you create a culture when you are remote? Yeah, so so the original business I was building is now at 600 and something people with, with winning awards for their culture, and that is completely remote. So it's just effort. Like everything, you can, you can go into a, a normal office environment where everyone's bloody miserable, sitting there, okay. hating their jobs, nobody's talking to each other. And, and then they call me. It's true remote. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's why people like you do as well as you do, because there's so much of that is right. But but it's it's effort. If you if you are putting in effort to communicate with your team, you're setting up environments where people can have the nonsense conversations that they would typically what do they call them? Water cooler conversations or whatever. Yes. Um, I call it the morning bollocks. Um, but but yeah, we we have every day as an example, with the exception of Friday, because there's a, a later meeting that everyone's mandated to be at on on Friday afternoons. Okay. Uh, but every morning there is a there is an hour set aside where various people will be on the call having a nonsense conversation and <laughs> and everyone communicates. It's about getting the right people again. If you've got people that inherently want to talk to other people, help out their colleagues and, and all of that sort of stuff. It all just goes from there. And then, of course, meetups and everything else. But it's it, weirdly, it's not that complicated. I would say I've got borderline friendships with some of the team that are people that I might have only met once. Um, but but, I, but, I, but I, actually, I mean, I, I get it. We're used and to it now. You are. And I, and I think, you know, I'll, I'll always counter any argument about not working in a remote business. I don't think it is for everybody. And I think I, that's no, no, I, I, I would agree. Caveat. And I think for businesses where it, it can work and it should work, it's where, you know, you don't have that corporate bureauc- bureaucracy. You don't need to have meetings for meetings sake. Yeah. You've got people who who you can trust and where it works very well for you. But I think you're right. I think that culture is your values. It's your mission. Yeah. It's your purpose. It's your why. And communicating. And it's communicating all of those things. Mm, I mean, I think that we're going to say that word quite a lot, aren't we, really? So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. actually, you probably will in the next answer, really. So when you're potentially hiring somebody to work remotely and, and you know I, I run a remote business as well um what do you think and we you've mentioned this word before behaviors what do you think are the key behaviors instinct values or what do you look for in a potential person that you think would absolutely thrive in a remote environment yeah so first thing i i check is how good are they coming across in the remote environment of a remote interview because of course mm that's when they're often nervous they're often not putting across their full personality 
but so I work quite hard during an interview process or during a I don't really do interviews I have chats yeah and so they're pretty informal and I tend to get to know quite a lot about the people in those conversations because of how informal they are and there's not much I won't talk about like if my yeah. calls were recorded I would almost certainly be in various tribunals so um so I, will I don't know why I'm laughing anything. but I am yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so so yeah I, I will talk about Anything, anything at all. So uh, those conversations will will often be more of a get to know you than anything else. Right. And what I'm looking for are those behaviours that I want to see later. Are they personable? Do they talk with confidence about their sector? How long have they been doing it? What are the reasons they're leaving all of their various jobs? Because mm. that can often tell you something because it's yeah. about the accountability piece. If if it's not working somewhere and it's everything's blamed on someone else or something else, again, that's always going to be raising yeah. red flags for mm. me because I'm going to be thinking, hang on, Where, it can't be that everywhere you've ever been is terrible. At, at a certain point, we have to look inwards and go, what are our yeah, behaviours that are not getting us to where we should be? Mm. Um, so if I see accountability, I see ownership of things that have gone wrong but i see but i also see a very open conversation about who they work with what their market looks like the catching people out on billing figures is quite easy how much commission did you earn yeah how how does your billing structure work okay what did you bill and if you work those numbers backwards if those numbers don't line up then chances are they're making it up whereas if those answers are are spot on chances are they're telling the truth and and my view has always been that a good salesperson will know their figures i get very 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 nervous when they don't let me tell you, if you're listening to this and you're ever considering moving jobs, and that's not why we run the podcast, but it's always good to ha- give a good advice. You absolutely need to know your numbers. And don't be ashamed if you've not had a great quarter. Don't worry yeah. if it's not been a great performance. But you need to know your margin. You need to know your average fee. You need to know your average salary. You need to know yeah. how many placements you make. You need to understand the commercials, the terms, the payment terms. You need to understand everything about how that desk works day to day and if you can't answer what your billings have been at least for the last 12 months if not prior to that then you are going to get eaten alive in any interview that you go to yeah yeah because immediately red flags are pinging all over the place because Mm -hmm. because theoretically you're a salesperson working towards commissions you can only get commissions if you're achieving a certain level or the commissions you want so you should know where you're at at all times against those. And and look, you could be out by a few grand. That doesn't matter. Absolutely, I absolutely agree with you on that. Out, yeah. Or, that's, or, that's or you don't disaster. know. Or it, it, I mean, yeah. genuinely, just as with my day hat on here, if someone ever says, I'm not sure, I can't remember what my billings are, I literally switch off and I end the call. I don't literally end the call, but I say, yeah, look, yeah, I'm, yeah. I don't think I'm going to be able to help you. You're done. Yeah, <laughs> like, bye. It. No, yeah. I don't think... I don't I think anyone that's ever listened, I would never hang up on anyone. No, I think it's really good. So it's accountability, it's commerciality, yeah. it's that it's that ability to, you know, prove that they can work remotely, that they've obviously got a good setup at home, presumably, where it's something that they yeah. clearly want. Well we, we provide to. we provide a chunk of that, but mm. but yeah, a strong a strong internet connection is definitely a requirement. Like, oh well, absolutely. And it amazes me when people don't have them. It's it's yeah. Super well, fast I think we've only had one problem with that in yeah. in before and it's actually a really good point isn't it and it's like there's nothing worse than trying to i mean you you can't possibly do that if you if you don't have a good super bumper so i think it's a really important point to make so what would your if you if you've got people listening now and you've got the ear of you know fellow your cohort of leaders who maybe have had a challenge of getting people back into the office 
you know, maybe the hybrid model works best. I think generally speaking in recruitment, if you have juniors, I mean, what are your thoughts on people who haven't got a lot of experience? Do you think that they can thrive in a remote environment? I think they can, um, but I'm not going to deny it's more tricky mm. um, because getting with the right people, again, it comes down to the right people. With the right of people, it would be easier. With the wrong people, it's way more difficult. And I've I've had it recently. I had a, I had a recruiter that we took a bit of a punt on. He'd been in a sector for a reasonable amount of time, named clients, and sort of ticked all of the notional boxes, but, but was a bit more junior in his career than perhaps we would ordinarily right. look at. Um, and there were he should not have been in a remote environment. That that is what transpired. He to the point that he openly admitted he'd done a fraction of the amount of work that he professed he'd done because okay, yeah. he got some interviews that he thought was going to go well very early on with a very big company, and then basically just sat on his laurels. And and mm-hmm. and look, that again, I always look inwards. We it was our mistake. We we should have realized that earlier on. And actually speaking to him when he was being asked to take a long walk off a short pier um the the conversation was one of look i think you're better off in an environment, an environment. where you where there is accountability where you are yeah. under scrutiny because actually you viewed the lack of scrutiny as i can do whatever i want and it doesn't matter what comes out the other end but the yeah. the thing that's true in any sales environment is the one thing that matters is what comes out the other end it's outcomes um, it really uh, is yeah, and exactly. I, I think it's a really important caveat because i mean i listen to a lot of podcasts and anyone that listens to this podcast knows that i do so i, I you know I, I plagiarize a lot of what i listen to and one of my favorites is uh, bruce daisley's eat eat, sleep, work, repeat, which is all about workplace culture. And I'm fascinated by the whole hybrid versus remote versus mm-hmm. office and what works best. And he has guests on from all across the business. What you know, he has experts on from Google and Microsoft and Slack and, you know, but actual yeah. occupational psychologists, it's all regarding the, the actual data of millions of people of what works best. And I think to summarize, I mean, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a psychologist, yeah. but, you know, it has to come down to each individual business's needs set up people that they hire um i've seen the pain points of a lot of my clients who have that blend of junior entry level and experience which is why they should be hybrid not remote because you i I personally do think and i'm being really generic i have to be very generic that if you are in your learning i mean everybody learns all the time i'm still learning after 25 years but if you are in your junior phase where you are not the expert yet you are going to thrive much better if you've got some office presence because you're going to be learning from people around you. You've got people around you. Yeah, it's very. I think it's just much harder. And I think generally that is my caveat with anyone that I speak to in a junior level role that want that's saying, you know, I've done a year, I want to go remote. I'm like, I think that you're still at the early stages. So that, uh, you know, there's always horses for courses, aren't there? Yeah, that's the way I always do it because I get dragged into lots of LinkedIn conversations about this because someone will always tag me if there's someone waffling about everyone needs to be in the office sort of thing and um and my view is always one of because look i'm a remote evangelist i love remote i'm all about remote but do i think that that is the only way people should work Mm. of course i don't no it it depends on what you want to achieve as your business the sorts of people you want to hire yeah and what outcomes again the sorts of outcomes you want Mm. and if you consider all of those things, it may be that hybrid is the best way. It may be remote first is the best way. It may be fully in the office. And none of those things are wrong. But it, but again, communication. Communicate that. Don't stick up an ad saying it's hybrid Absolutely. and then tell someone that they've got to spend the first six months uh, in the office. 
Because that's not uh, Oh, what you've just said, Alex. And by the way, I love that word evangelist because I'm a remote evangelist. In fact, I actually had a conversation with my business partner, Laura Dutton, this morning where I, I said I'm, I've rented an office now for, to record the podcast. If anyone actually watches, you'll see it's not my house anymore. Um, and I said, I can't imagine working in an office anymore. And she's like, me too. And I was like, you know, we would never need to do that because we will always be a remote model because of the, yeah. the plans that we have for key recruitment. Um, but I can, I actually do totally echo everything you've just said. I think for, for some businesses, remote would your business model and I see it all the time where people get to you know they go beyond that kind of boutique bijou I don't want to say lifestyle because you could say that yeah, about yeah. mine but it's a very nice lifestyle thank you very much um it's always seen in a really negative way, way that I don't know why but anyway um, and I see that they then get to that point of like if we're going to scale we probably need to have an office presence so I think my my conclusion and I'm going to ask you for your conclusion now is that as you're listening to this now as a leader you have to do what's right for your business. You have to look at productivity, accountability, yeah. what your the people need and and need and respond to, and adapt it accordingly. And for those who are sat in the employee position, I think you know there are options out there that that suit all. But you have to ask yourself, where are you going to thrive best? Yeah, be accountable for your own actions. What what would you conclude in? No, I, I completely agree. I think I think businesses need to work out what they want and be honest about that and want and need, but then also take into account the people they need to do it and what they want and need. Because yeah. it might be that you want people in the office full time because you've got a 100,000 square foot behemoth of a building that you've got that's now sat empty Absolutely. and people are in the in the hallway. Um, and you might go, well, bloody hell, I want people back. But there's no point in pulling everyone back and losing all of your good people because I'm sure you have the same because we probably get similar. Well, in fact, I know we get similar people connect, reaching out to us because half the time someone reaches out to me, I see that they connected with you Everyone's almost exactly at the same time. Um, and, and why are they reaching out to us? Because someone is forcing them to do something they don't want to do and you can lose yeah. very talented people. So it's about give and take, but also the, the in our world the recruiter communicating what's important to them to yeah. the business and the yeah. business communicating why they want what they want rather yeah. than just going you have to do this mm. going the reason we are choosing this as a way of working is because of x y and z yeah do you agree because even that person who's massively against it if you can explain why you have a chance of converting them whereas if you just go this is the way it is tough yeah dictatorial well, it's never people work. like me and you will be around them like a shark yeah. that sniffed yeah. blood and yeah, i would to totally agree totally agree i'm glad you brought up the point about commercial property though because i think it's a lot it's something that a lot of people haven't considered because of course this then has an impact from an economic point of view on our pension parts because a lot of pensions are, yeah, yeah. Are, are on the value of commercial property and I I do actually really I don't want to say empathize because that sounds really patronizing, but I do I do empathize and sympathize with businesses that scaled really big, you know, particularly pre-COVID and then you know got caught in these leases. And yeah. now they've got the they're stuck with these big massive offices, maybe possibly even subletting or sharing. There's lots of sharing going on, certainly in the Northwest. And I, and I appreciate that that's why you do need to get people back. So I want, you know, that's this message is really for those employees that maybe haven't considered that that's the why as to yeah, why yeah. They, it's not about lack of trust actually it's actually not down to lack of outcomes it might be that they just physically need to feel that they are filling their office because yeah, they've yeah. got this commercial property so i just wanted to make that point but look we could go on all day but we're not going to so yeah. you have been as i People knew you bored. would be no they don't but we're, we're renowned for being punchy 
you I knew you'd be fantastic and I do actually think at some point you should set up a recruitment business called ADIT yeah um, well I just think I, I thought I could set one up saying all recruiters aren't dicks um and or something like that but but yeah companies well, have not. something to say about it yeah but, they uh, might, they might, or there'll be somebody on LinkedIn because you know LinkedIn's becoming quite a bit of a um sort of self-policing oh yeah people love anything. shouting at me on LinkedIn it's like I got on, reported for swearing yesterday really and oh, my dear. swear was just in a sentence it was actually bloody Context. good was the sentence really? and and yeah it got reported I got that's a message terrible. from LinkedIn I was like that's... what a wally really we're all adults come on everybody let's get rid of the LinkedIn police that's what I say yeah. you have been a joy and we are so pleased that you joined us on the recruiters recruitment podcast thank you Alex it's been a pleasure the recruiters recruitment podcast is thrilled to be partnering with inclusion crowd Inclusion Crowd put the D into diversity, but do it disruptively. We love that. Really reflecting what we're about. I was introduced to Inclusion Crowd back in 2020, and I've been absolutely blown away with what they're doing to totally transform the recruitment and hiring sector. They believe at Inclusion Crowd that companies should be reflective of society. And that no matter who you are listening now, you have a story to tell. You have a contribution to make. An inclusion crowd educates you in allowing your voice to come out and share that story, but doing it in a way that educates your colleagues and your customers equally. Inclusion crowd, like the Recruiters Recruitment podcast, has clients all over the world and they specialise in our industry. What we all want to do together is to maintain best practice and to raise industry standards to enable us to attract and retain the best talent, but doing so inclusively and with true diversity. By doing this, by accomplishing a true EDI policy within your business, you will also retain the top talent as well as attract new talent, which is a win-win for everybody listening making more profitable business and a much better industry, highly, regard, highly regarded. Inclusion Crowd are also the official awarding body for the Inclusion and Diversity Certification Mark within recruitment. We are so proud to be assisting and partnering Inclusion Crowd. If you want to know more information, please click on the link in this episode. And remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when you do so. Now, back to the episode. We are so proud to be partners of Needy, the gifting revolution. Here at Key Recruitment, we absolutely love to send out bespoke gifts to our new place candidates to welcome them in their new jobs. But also as an extra special thank you to clients or when a team is celebrating something really special. But to be honest, we were really fed up with dull or mediocre gifts that you could just buy on the high street that didn't really reflect who we are at Key Recruitment as a business. This is why we chose Needy. Needy source sustainably from the UK's best independent businesses, offering the most perfect array of bespoke gifts and experiences too. So no more boring bottles of plonk or rubbish boxes of chocolates. This is how you make your customers day with a gift that really matters 
and shows that you really want to do something special for them. For more information on how psychology and AI forming to make the best gift experience for you, click on the link and remember to mention the Recruiters Recruitment Podcast when ordering. Now, back to the episode. <laughs> 